What's up, everybody? Joey Buns, Colin Confidential, semi-recovered from the Eastern Conference. I'm here with uh, this hooplehead. No, 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 no. I don't want to be called that anymore. Hammerhead? Call, call me the talent. Or you can Come on, I'm me, here with the happy ending. You can call me what Chris calls me. The OG. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Zed Sheehan for Colony Confidential. Mr. and Mrs. America, hope all is well. We've had an exciting couple of weeks. And we're going to have more exciting... I'm going to have more exciting weeks in the, in the weeks to come. We're down in uh, Atlantic City. Our networking event was outstanding. We brought in a little stuff. It looked like we were in London. I mean, you don't get this kind of treatment in other places. It was real foggy. I mean, some of the people said it was cigar smoke. Just because we had 35 cigar smokers in a, a decent room, I went to take a picture. I had to open the door to let some of the smoke out because you wouldn't have seen much. It was a 1,200 square foot room. It was The key was, and rightfully so in a casino, the windows don't open. Yeah. That's why you can't jump when you lose your money. And you can't let the smoke out. So I, 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 we went to dinner with my cousin Alice. We had, glad to say, still sharp as a tack. Always good for a good time. And then uh, two nights later, I went to dinner with my friend Kathy Gill and her husband. Who is Kathy Gill? Nobody cares. Many years ago. Many years ago. I'm just telling nobody cares. I, I, I met her when she was a student nurse and we remained friends. Friends. Anyway. Um, friends? Yeah, friends. All right. She's, all, she's just a lot of fun. Some of the crap she comes out with. Like you see a cop pull some guy over for speeding. She slows the car down and goes, book him, Dano. Takes off. We go one time, she was staying at us in Hendrickson Street, so we go for bagels. So we park the car on, on Flatlands Avenue. So then two people come up while we're in there and are blocking the car that double parked. I, so she goes, oh, huh, I'll take care of this. She goes in here, you could hear her from the car. Hey, Jews, you double parked. We want to get our car. I think I'm running So anyway, back to... The networking event was a home run. It was good to see a lot of our friends. It was good to see new people. Um, I was glad to see my friend Paulie Carbino. Looking as good as ever. Still a good time. A lot of laughs. And uh, other people that we had met before whose names escape me now because I forget who they were. Oh, I had a, uh, my, my friend uh, Frank McDonald. He was at the... Uh, party the networking party frank was there from select insurance it yeah. was a good i mean it was listen it was all the regulars it was everybody that follows us here it's everybody margaret, that, margaret was there too margaret from grit was there yeah, yeah. her and her crew i don't think she enjoyed the smoke as much as we did so you're probably correct <laughs> but i Who know blame her? i know her husband did yeah. Well, he's a cigar smoker, so. But at one point, I mean, everybody, I got text messages up until today from people like, I just opened the bag that I packed all those clothes in and I wanted to vomit. Why? Because it just, uh, you don't care because your house smells like it, but it, it's, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a happy smell. I, I, my house don't smell that much. Mm. I've undertaken the stuff that, sucks in the odor mm -hmm. and when i smoke cigars one and a half maybe two a day the door is cracked about that much and you can see it all going out hey, listen everybody's stuff stinks Every, i got a text message today bro i opened what they stuffed they stole a bunch of cigars no what? they 
they took their jacket or whatever they had on and they put it in a bag because it smelled like shit. And they finally opened it today and were like, yo. They should have opened it as soon as they went home. It had time to percolate inside the bag. Either way, it was disgusting. You know, it's funny, like, you go it to It was the, disgusting the next morning. You go to the, uh, to the doctor, right? You know? Mm. So I tell her, yeah, this is before I had the, my heart procedure. I said, yeah, a couple. She goes, you know, you're in there stinking my office up with your clothes and stuff. I go, really? So, so the only person... We've been telling, I've been telling you this for 30 fucking years and you listen to the doctor. No, I don't listen. Oh. So what I do now, <laughs> what I do now, I take a shower, I put on new clothes, I chew gum. How many cigars are you smoking? I'm going to cut it way down. She goes, what are you doing now? I says, one half to two a day. You got to cut it down more. I go, hey, doc, don't push it. I didn't even have one today. So it was a three o'clock appointment. I had a half of one. My friend Danny McGinnis, I pull up for the half last stop. I got a cigar in my mouth. He's there putting money in the meter. He goes, I'm telling Teapot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Everybody's turning on me. Did you actually go to any classes? Yeah, I went to two. What, the Ticks one? I went to the Tick one and another one, I think it was for uh, rats or something. I don't know. I got, I got, I got bullshit credit there. I got to get more credits. Credits I got to get in 7A. I got enough in 8. 7A and F, they're like two credits more. But I got 2.75 core credits for 7C. So I was looking at this pest ed. I might have to take a six-credit course. Or... Why don't you do the, the termite seminar in Long Island? Which one is be that? Here? Oh, you probably won't be here. But how many credits do you get there? Four or five? I six. Need... Six? Oh, wow. Our boy Johnny Timex is doing one in Brooklyn this week. I got no time. I'm packing. I'm paying bills. I'm straightening. All right, out. so waste your time on the fucking internet. That's fine. I'm trying to help you out here, bro, I know, for I know. free. You know what? The... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you. Tell I, me. I spoke to my I'm friend ready. Phyllis McDonald. Mm. She wants to travel. You know, she's got responsibilities with a poor mom and everything. Yeah. She took care of her husband. She took care of her father. She wants to travel. So I got my opportunity to see a bit of Americana. You go to Florida where people go to die. No, not this part of Florida. They go Every to fucking part of Florida. No, no. This is where you go for spring break, okay. pal. I'm going down there with all... Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. I'll be traveling in the next couple of days, and I'll give you a report every day. I'll be leaving uh, Wednesday. I think that's the 29th. I'm, my first leg will be in Richmond, Virginia, and I'm going to spend some time looking around Richmond, you know, the capital of the Confederacy. And then the next day, we're going down to some place in North Carolina that I can't remember. I'll take a look down there, see what I can do. And then the next day, I'm going to Yulee, Florida. Of course, you never heard of it. It's, uh, it's north of um, Daytona Beach. And then I'm heading west out to the Panhandle because I have an engagement there for spring break with the kids. And uh, I plan to have a good time there. I got a house down there. And if any of you, you know, want to get down to Florida, my house is going to sleep 13. It's only 100 a night. And I got a pool and a hot tub. So if you're interested, let me know. So back to business. So I met What do you know about spring break? What are you going to do there? Go crazy. Watch the kids all get nutty. You got your mankini? <laughs> I doubt it. Why? You're on spring break. No one's going to... I, I... That part of my life is past because who wants to get laughed at? You know what I mean? 
It's not pleasant. Anyway. Oh, yeah, so you won't be here. The wood-destroying insect thing is February 27th. Well, to have them change it. Wait, uh, February 27th is a Monday. I don't know what day it is. It's oh, February, February 27th. I'm thinking of January. Well, no, I won't be here. Yeah, that's what I said. That Heritage Bar, mm -hmm. they got about six screens. So they, they send you videos from time to time. It's Colin McGregor beating the shit out of this guy. You hear so some he's guy. Going in, crazy, right? So yeah, they're all going crazy. You hear some guy. Oh, I'm going home to the wife. I'm glad y'all almost paid for it, and I was like, ah, it's gonna be late. Forty seconds. I heard he's not allowed in the Barclays Center anymore. Anyway. He, he throws chairs and tables around over there. No, well, he threw the the chair through the window. Yeah. Or the bus. Yeah, I'm sure they'll let him back in the Barclays Center. If he's a draw, money, money talks. Yeah, no kidding. Back to Eastern Conference and networking and what to do. Um, we had a really good interview with uh, Margaret Garcia from Grit PPO. Probably the best answering service out there right now. Sharp lady. You'll hear that in our customer service series coming up. You know, it's just that the more I studied her, she's very sharp. She's very organized. And she's got a good crew, those two ladies that were with her. And her husband's got a construction company. Oh, I guess they're doing all right. She's got, what, two kids or three kids? I thought it was five. Five? Very active woman. <laughs> she God has, bless her. Wait. God bless her. I, According to sources, mm. if she didn't have makeup on, she'd look like a teenager, which is a big compliment. Yeah. Don't mention the name. Could look like Howdy Doody ate a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that one. What? Never mind. Jesus. Suffering, Jesus. Well, I remember she worked for somebody, and she realized she had talent, and she took a chance. Uh, she ran the call center pretty much for a multi-million dollar pest control and lawn care and okay, environmental Okay, but what happened when that company got bought out? You know she was going to be downsized? What was the deal? Why did she go on her own? No, just, she, she had a baby, went on maternity leave, and never went back, started her own business. All right, so good for her. Because it was time. Yeah. Good for her. She, had a, she knew, you know, she had confidence. And you always, I always like people that, I'm sure people told her, you can't do it. Because everybody gets told that. And I like people that say, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. And they succeed. And I, I, I admire people that did it anyway. At least they tried and maybe they didn't make it. You know, you got to take your shot. Or as they say in New York Lotto, you got to be in it to win it. So I, I admire her because I just saw the way she worked. When, when we met them for breakfast, um... Had a lot of notes in a book, knew, knew what she was talking about to these women and this, that, and the other thing. And I just was impressed with her. No, she's a true entrepreneur and business woman, business person. And uh, she takes her shit seriously. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a... She don't take no bullshit. Well, I think her thing, if you start now, it's very good. But as you get bigger, you got your own staff. And... I think as you become bigger, you might be replacing her with your own staff. Yeah, but you could, but why would you? Cost more money. 
So she's taken. So what she does for f- friends of ours and everyone in the industry yeah. is she takes their off-hour calls and books appointments. Actually okay. sells your services. So that wouldn't work right? in a commercial. What commercial? What do you book commercially over the phone at eight o'clock at night? Nah. Not they want. Yeah, you do. They want you to show up in twenty minutes. A friend of ours has nobody, no customer service represent. You're not going to go on your fucking phone while I'm talking to you. I'm listening to you. You're not listening to me. I could tell you just what you said. Yeah, you're not going to go on your fucking phone while I'm talking to you. No, that's not what you said. It you is. said you're not listening to me. Uh, he uses her team, her company, yeah. as the his entire office. They book jobs. They schedule jobs. They but he close. has a big commercial business, uh, not commercial, residential. Business. Huge residential. Okay. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Um, if you're if you're able to sell stuff over the phone, that's perfect. If you have if you have like pricing, okay, you want a one time ant job, it's it's five hundred and eighty five dollars. Boom, they book it, and they they look in your software, whatever software you're using, and then they put it on whoever's route it makes the most sense on. Yeah. Right, so they, you really could you could scale a business with grit, and never have anyone in your office except for maybe somebody to pay the bills. Pestpack Select is one streamlined system that provides all the functionality that you need to run your business, generating sales, to providing an exceptional customer experience. Equip yourself and your techs to work anywhere. Measure performance and gain insights with reports and the dashboard. Busy guy. Who? Me. You're full of shit. I have to keep up with my, you know, I'm building up a following myself. Yes, sir. You ready? Are we back at it? Hammer, put your phone down. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go ahead. What are we doing? Nothing. We're talking about networking. So? I'm waiting for you to read what you got to read and I'll play. I don't got to read nothing. It's all off the top of the dome, bro. Well, here's the thing, you know, we had a great event, a great time, and, and in a way it reminded me back when we had the uh, New York City Pest Management Association, and every month you went to these meetings. Most of the guys there just wanted to get out of the house. Occasionally they come up with some ridiculous idea, like they had a brain fart on the way to the meeting, and, and they had some guys come up with some good ideas. But we all had a good time. You, you had a speaker, you picked up your credits, and uh, we had a couple of cocktails. Um, we discussed, we were trading back and forth with stops or buying stops, whatever you want. And uh, what, what it helped me with that was, you know, you got a problem in business. It's, it's heartwarming to hear somebody else has the same problem. And it's even better when somebody else had it and solved it. And it, you have a re- even back then, you had a very uh, free change of ideas, not like a lot of, you didn't give all your uh, uh, secrets out. But you exchanged a lot of ideas, and I noticed that, particularly at the um, our uh, networking event on the 40, 43rd floor, which I'm sure is still being deodorized, um, everybody who's trading ideas, and even down on the floors uh, outside the uh, the venues, the, the, the vendors hall, and outside some of the places where they you get pick up credits, a lot of guys trade a lot of... Uh, a lot of ideas, maybe make some deals or stuff like that. So it's, um, what I remember has changed because it doesn't happen once a month. But when it does happen, it's basically the same. A lot more cigars, though, I'm happy to say. So uh, someone said, um, 
70% of your time should be spent building and monetizing relationships. That's basically what networking is. I mean, look, we built, I built Colony on networking, on yeah. relationships. Um, relationships aren't dead, even though... No, it's, it's the whole thing is, this still, uh, you want to talk to the guy who's giving you the service. It's nice to see the guy. Maybe he's not the guy that's doing it, but he's the guy that makes it happen. And instead of just talking to somebody on the phone, here's the head guy or next to the head guy, somebody important from the company, you're talking to them, you like the guy, maybe we could do business with this guy. And, you know, it works like that. Maybe you have shared interests. Maybe you knew somebody they know. You don't know until you get out there. And I'll use the word expose. You expose yourself. This is what I do. This is what I'm capable of. What do you do? Maybe we could help each other, whatever. And I always like networking. You can find, in my day, you found out other businesses for sale because you had a lot of guys from World War II that were getting out of the business. Yeah. They, they had, had city jobs and um, they were doing this on the side. So you pick up these little routes for six or $7,000 a month and they add up. It's funny because, you know, if anybody follows our social media, you saw how I said I went to this event and uh, 70% of the shit they were talking about, these wealth coaches and other jerk-off coaches, I learned growing up. I just haven't turned it in, you know, it's just embedded in me. But uh, a word that's a funny word, but is situational awareness. Have you ever heard that? No. You gotta I, be aware of the situation you're in. This, yes. You're so, looking at this guy, he's okay, he's a pain in the ass, what is he trying to do? But situational awareness, I mean, I honestly think another thing that we were bred is bred in us, like situational awareness, but... Give me I've the English it, term, it, give me the English Situational term. awareness, I'm just saying like, I don't know if it's growing up in Brooklyn or what it is, but I feel like it's just ingrained in us. But situational awareness, the formal definition, you could break it down into like three different parts. Perception of the elements in the environment, comprehension of the situation, and projection of the future status, right? So what does that mean? That means pay attention to what's going on, make sure you understand it, and project what's going to happen next, right? That's fucking business in a nutshell. Okay. Right? Would you agree? Yeah, the hardest part is the projection. <laughs> right, but probably the most important. Basically, to put it in, you meet somebody, you're going to let them talk for a while and listen. You realize this guy's blowhard, or this guy's a cool guy. Maybe I could learn something from him. Maybe he could learn something from me. I think I'd get along with this guy. It even goes down to like even crazier stuff. Or gal. Like, like if you're in a negative situation and you're about to get the shit kicked out of you and that's i mean that's the situa situational awareness i grew up with you know what they say charge a man with a gun run away from a guy with a knife or a girl with a knife you know these days you never know you never know what who's going to be stabbing you man or woman mm. who knows in the future it might be a robot this isn't really about networking but i guess it's about your it's about your network really your company thing um, if you have $100,000 in a bank, 10% of it is on your effort. If you have a million in a bank, 90% is you, 10% is your people. If you have 10 million in a bank, 20% is you, and 80% is your staff. If you have 100 million, 10% is you, 90% is your staff. And then he said, if you have a billion, 50% is luck, 49% is the staff, and 1% is you. And, and what he was talking about, and it kind of makes sense, and I don't know who knows about those real averages, 
or percentages. It's just about how to grow and scale, you know, because it is true. Like once you start to hit different levels or milestones dollar wise, 90% to the first million, 100% agree with that, right? But after that, if you don't let go, you don't go nowhere. Yeah. And that's really what that's about is letting go and letting, you know, you'll have the vision. You're good right? at that. Like it's still, I'm better I wasn't, at it. I, don't, I wasn't that good at it. You have a vision of where you want to go. You, you get your staff on board with the vision and then you have them implement it. The difference is, is as an owner, it should always be your vision and your idea. And the second it's somebody else's vision and someone else's idea, it's time to retire or prepare for well, a hospital know, takeover. I was in a... Um, what did I just say? It's a, if you got a vision, mm. if you don't realize it's time to retire. All right. Now, I was, in a, I was in a Golden Corral with my friend Rick down in Pennsylvania. And we walked in. He goes, oh, I know that manager. I fired him. And I'm looking at the manager. He's mopping the floor. He's doing this. He's at the cash register. So I looked at him. He goes, he's still the same. He doesn't manage. He should not be mopping the floors. You see the staff. He should not be at the cash register. And that's why I got rid of him because I told him, you're not managing the store. Because now I could see if it was busy, you want to jump in in one place. But is this place busy? I go, oh, yeah. There's the four of us and 12 other people. He goes, Exactly. So yes, a good lesson. You you gotta if you're gonna be the manager, manage. Don't don't get in and yeah. do the work. And I used to yell at you for not doing the work. Who? Me. At me. Yeah. I know, but I always knew you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm learning, but not that I'm gonna do anything about it. But no, yes, there's not. Listen, there's only so much to do about it. I'm now. glad you took whatever I taught you. And Learned a lot more. That's the plan. The plan is... I'm glad funny. you took that great course in college about psychology. Yeah, it's, it's, I actually took a whole fucking degree. Not yeah. just a course. Oh, you got a degree in psychology. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. You know why? That's, took, how, that's why we're able to have these conversations. I'm able to be sane. Yeah. That, <laughs> Joey took that course so he could deal with me. That's what I'm told. You, well, the entire fucking family is what I've learned over time. But Yeah, but then what did I do to deal with you? Uh, you smoked cigars and drank. <laughs> I didn't drink that much. Are you serious? I, I wish that we were recording this right now because I would show you how my father showed up to college orientation freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't even, you were like, oh, oh, oh. Was it a Saturday? It was the day after you had a barbecue in your backyard. It doesn't matter what it was a day oh, after. It was a party, okay, but you make it sound like I'm drinking every day. I didn't say you were drinking every day. I'm just, you were fucked up. Like, See, a guy like me, I'd have been like, I gotta go to my son's college thing tomorrow. You're full of shit. I'm not gonna drink that you're much. full of shit. Yeah, baloney. I am full of shit. But, <laughs> I'm still gonna bring it up because at one point I was like, yo, just get the fuck out of here. Just go home. He, was, I remember like, the he was like this, look, no, I wanna stay. I swear, I wanna stay. <laughs> I was like, Dad, get the, you look like, get out of here. Before everybody thinks I got a fucking alcohol. And father. I was driving too, right? You, well, you didn't drive me there. I had my own car. You so met how, me there. How did I get there? You drove yourself there. Yeah. Yeah? What does that mean? Those were good old days when the cars were on radar. You weren't drunk. Oh, I You was... were hungover. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. You're fucking so here admitting to drunk driving that you well, weren't you even drunk driving. you said I was fucked up. If you fucked You were up. fucked up like hungover. Like you needed like 75 aspirin. You probably needed like a blood transfusion. I was hungover. 
There's, yes. There's, but there's, then there's fucked up where you, you know, peed your pants, and as, as friends of mine have done. Oh, or, I mean, or passed out in the middle of Church Avenue, well, running down Church Avenue with a checkmate shirt on their back and, and their B-29 bomber, and they pass out right on the, right on the center line. We have to go through and drag them out of there as all buses going by. <laughs> ah, those were the days. So we're drinking, and poor Bo's just... You, can't, you cannot call him poor Bozo. He, he had a powerful thirst. So they cut him off at the bar, which was very rare in those days. And he started running down church. I'm like, shit, he's got one of my shirts on. And he's, oh, B-29 bomber. Man, boom. So, oh, shit, he's going to get killed. So we drag him out. Then another night, we're drinking in uh, Jimmy Kelly's shop. And he starts getting very violent. And uh, he passes out on the sidewalk. And there was a riot or something going on. And the cops were coming. We're trying to get him back in the store. And he was a heavy guy. It didn't happen. So there was a gas station across the street. Somebody took a can and put, you know, you can get the gas out of the hose in those days. And put the gas around him. And lit a match. Bozo, the building's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Then, then I told you this story. My store on Church Avenue, every Christmas Eve, big drinking. That was his birthday. So he got, he got one bottle of uh, Seagram 7, which he drank copiously. I remember he punched me in the kidney while my back was turning. Punched him in the chest. And he went back to the brown room. And I jumped on him. And I'm bam, bam. And Nick Andrews, he's, you know, Nick. One arm around me pulls you off like, now nah, kill him, I'll kill him. So he goes outside and he passes out in front of the, No, he goes outside and he's walking around. So DiCarlo, I had these real thick chains like you put on motorcycles to lock him up. DiCarlo puts the chain around his wrist and puts the lock from one of the gates and it takes it and puts it over and brings it around and then puts it, puts it in the gate and brings it around and he's got it on this hand. And he's there, and there's people shopping. It's Christmas Eve, and the caller's out there. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Those uh, those chains are made of chrome steel. Old Kong can't get loose. And, you know, what the hell are these guys up? So he passes out, cut the chains off, you know, cut them, uh, let them loose. And then Fat Neil goes, hold on. He goes to his ambulance, and he throws a white sheet over him. They get ketchup, they mix it with water, and they put it over him. They're standing out there. What do you think it was the fifth floor? People are blessing themselves. Going by. <laughs> Somebody call the ambulance. So the, the EMTs come. They go, oh, it's Bozo. They pick him up. He's got one guy in a headlock. Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> then the cops came, and uh, they took him away. So I seen him like three days later. He goes, you know what that Charlie Norton did to me? I go, no, what? They took him to the other side. Remember the cemetery? Holy yeah. They took him to the other side of the cemetery, and they handcuffed him. To the you know the gate the fences, they handcuffed them there, and they came back just as they got off at midnight. I was there for three hours. I go, hey, you're full of shit. It was more, you you got picked up here it was eight thirty. So yeah, maybe three hours. I was freezing my ass off. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, but you know what? When that guy was sober, he's a great worker. He's a good guy. Just just had just a disease. Wasn't sober that often. That got worse and worse. Yeah, paid him on a Saturday. Don't expect him to come in until Tuesday. And it got worse and worse. That's crazy. But yeah. that, I mean, a lot of people have that. Yeah. No? I, mean, I had a picture of him in the store, remember? Me, him, and this guy, Johnny McCarron, doing a termite job. I had it in a big... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did that go? I don't know. 
Bozo is somebody you would not want to bring to a networking event. And keep that in mind, who you bring with you from your yeah. team. Yeah. That, you know? No, no. Like, the people that like to get into fights or super aggressive. But he did save me one night. I, I, I well, had, a, you could bring security, just leave them outside. No, I, I had this girl picked up in a bar. And I was so drunk, I fell asleep standing there talking to her. Next thing I know, he's carrying me on his hip down church. Anyway, I was talking to a girl. He's, you dumb bastard, you fell asleep. You were talking to Bummy Davis and she was hot and she was into you. And then you just, you fell asleep. I, I hit the floor. Ah, oh, you're standing there. I said, <laughs> okay, time to go home. So listen, just remember, networking is a big piece to business. You should always be doing it. You should be doing it when you don't know you're doing it. Grocery store, bus stop, wherever you are, that's networking. Meeting somebody that you could help or could help you down the road. And, and like I just described this crew, which to some of you, unfortunately, might think less than admirable. But when I got into the pest control business, these guys, wherever they could, they fed me leads. So were they big leads? Ooh, no. They were like $25 cleanouts and $15 a month, which added up. So that was networking. We might call it drinking. but it Drinking was, it is was networking. Not, it was networking, uh, excessive drinking. <laughs> Friday nights, once I get into pest control, I didn't go crazy drinking on Friday nights because Saturday was a big day. Saturday night, that was another story. So stay tuned to um, some more networking episodes and the upcoming uh, customer service series where we just talk about truly servicing your customer and the customer experience. Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. We'll learn a lot from our time down in Atlantic City. And I will be sending you clips, what do we call them, drops? Mm -hmm. I'll be dropping you little, as the Greeks would say, of a sex, little notes from um, where I go in America. And um, every day you'll, you'll get another message where I am and what a wonderful or not so wonderful time I'm having. Don't forget, a bunch of stuff is coming up. February, uh, we'll be in Lithicum, Maryland at the Target Specialty Group's uh, meeting. And then in March, we will be at Legislative Day. When you have somebody like Frank and Phyllis with Select Insurance, that will tell you this is what you should have. There's no hard sells with them. They tell you you're at this level now, this is what you should have. Frank's podcast with us last year, he spoke about cybersecurity. At that time, I did not have cybersecurity. And prior to his call, he said, this is something you should think about because you're in that realm now. We, we signed up for cybersecurity the next day. But this is what you need. You need these type of people. They're licensed pest management professionals in various states. And then they just know, they know what we're talking about. There's a relationship and a trust and a level of service that is bar none. Select Insurance is just the company that you want to be with. You know, like... You can sleep better at night. You Let's can, leave it at that. You're right. Enough said. Well said.